0: Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Back oh again. Oh,
1: my goodness. I'm
0: exhausted today.
1: I'm so, you know what's so upsetting about it is I'm exhausted. I did jack, I mean, I worked out a little bit today, but I did jack shit otherwise.
0: Dude, I. the, the whole point is when you're like surrounded by the same three, four walls yeah. that you've seen every day, you just get loopy yeah. and, and sleepy.
1: I think also it hasn't helped is that it has been gray and rainy for the last three days in a row.
0: I'm starting to understand where your weather um, emotions come in because I'm feeling oh my it God. hard. Oh, God. It I'm just sad. gets to
1: you after a while. It's the same. It, like If it looks depressing and dull outside, you're just like, ugh, okay, yeah, great. That's I just want to be in bed all day. Especially
0: because I think the last time we went out, it was a pretty beautiful day. It was and freaking now it's just gorgeous. been crappy. And I'm just like, I want to go outside. Being outside and going on hikes and going walks and seeing the sun is yeah. just the most uplifting thing in, in this day time of our lives.
1: Especially well, yeah, that's the thing is we're in between these four walls, getting a bit of fresh air and some like sun not through a window but directly on you is way different.
0: It's it's very hard, but you know, we're getting through it and this is kinda like I said earlier. This new new normal and it sucks, but we're gonna be like this and we hope everyone's kinda getting through it too. You know, come reach out to us, come hang out with us. I wanna see if we can actually try one time to get like a remote guest. Yeah. Like, virtually, if we can, like you know, call somebody and make it work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll try to do something like that with somebody. But today we have a really fun episode.
1: We do. Uh, we got some
0: cool stuff.
1: We uh, are, are dr- making the most of our segments. You, I'm so sorry. I totally you
0: interrupted did. you. You yeah, did. What are you drinking?
1: I am, oh, my friend, I am drinking a Black cherry White Claw. White
0: Claws in the house. Oh, my goodness.
1: My new favorite drink. One of my new favorite drinks.
0: It's got to be mine. It's got to be, like, on the top because it's... It's your alternative to a drink that, like, you know, when you like, you want to like, I want a drink, but you're like, I don't want beer or wine because it's heavy or whatever. Yeah. White claws your alternative because I think
1: for me it's more of an alternative because I mean wine's a very distinct situation or even ciders and stuff. Yeah, it's my it's, it's, just, it's all my alternative to a cider or a beer because it's not as heavy as a beer. I don't feel as bloated afterwards. Not as, sweet and as a And because cider. it's a seltzer, like it's not super syrupy or sweet as a cider would be because of the apples. Shout out. Um. So I love it.
0: Shout out White Claws, you know. White they, Claw. Finally in Canada. We
1: are totally down for a sponsorship that'd
0: be sweet that'd be absolutely (laughs) incredible if anybody knows anybody at white claw wow um yeah i think what's mango's probably my favorite and they're sold out everywhere it sucks
1: i love the black cherry
0: black cherry is good i love they're all really tasty but i think mango maybe since i haven't had in a while but
1: Mm. um, you're obsessing
0: yeah no um anyways guys um again everybody knows this podcast is brought to you by anchor everybody knows we talked about it last season we're back again to talk about anchor are you looking for just like for your own platform to start your own podcast? Do you not know how to get started? Do you not know how to use editing software? Look no further. Anchor is a service for you. It's free, dude. Like the f- easiest, most advanced, most free service to use for a podcast It makes it so easy for you to get everything done in in lickety-split time. Um if you guys don't know, Anchor has you know creation tools. They have uh, monetization. They set you up to sponsorships. They get all of the, everything, everything you could think of for podcasts. They get it done for you. It's pretty sweet. Um, we use it, and we're gonna continue to use it until we can't use it anymore, basically. Um, and I absolutely love it. I recommend it to everybody starting their own podcast. Uh, And I know people that have. Um, So if you guys are looking to start your own podcast, go download Anchor on the free, uh, on the app store. It's free. Um, Or you can go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started today. It's free. Anchor. Yeah, Anchor. That's it, guys. Um, Yeah, just, I don't know why we do that. It's just, why not?
1: Why, you know what? Why not promote the amazing service that we have reaped to the benefits we gotta of? We got
0: to do ad reads so that w- other companies know that we can do ad reads. Yeah. Basically. That we have
1: the ability to, that our voices sound wonderful doing it.
0: Your voice sounds wonderful doing it. Thank you. But also maybe mine. I don't know. I'm getting, that's too bad, actually. I'm getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. It's,
1: it, we're doing yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I think with that in mind, like I was saying earlier before, I so rudely interrupted you asking me what I was that's drinking. Okay. Um, that actually, what are you drinking? We never, Oh, heard. I'm
0: drinking a key lime pie, uh, drink. Muskoka? I don't know what it is. It's, I don't, yeah, it's Muskoka brewery. is it
1: like an IPA? I don't,
0: I think so. It must be, but it's it a, it's a, it's called key lime pie. I didn't see the, the brew, but so yeah. it's delicious. Yes. Very, very tasty. Yes. You're quite enjoying yes. that. Okay. But
1: like I was saying, um, we are really making the most of some of our new segments we mentioned today. Mm-hmm. Today we will be like we mentioned at the end of last episode, we are doing a review on the highwaymen. today and uh we are also doing our very first official top 10 list for you the so excited we are very excited um it was a bit of back and forth when we were deciding on uh, what to do but Mm -hmm. i think we came up with a really fun topic uh to start us off with so that we're not being too basic or generic with Mm -hmm. it um but yeah with uh with all that in mind uh let's just get right into it
0: and roll that motherfucking intro
1: let All righty, guys, and we're back.
0: I, th- I want to count how many times you've said and came back with "Alrighty, then like oh, just there's oh, probably all right you know what I mean? yeah. between
1: opening the show and after the uh all intro?
0: right i i literally could hear it in my head yeah and i've as i've uh, edited a couple episodes of you going all righty you know what it's it. a
1: good marker though and it's, then you know as soon as you hear yeah. you're like oh here we go uh, This is where new this segment.
0: Goes. yeah new chunk um today guys like ryan mentioned uh this last weekend we watched the highwaymen
1: Oh my And we're,
0: we we predicted it a little bit, but we'll get better at that if we do it again. Yes. But right now, we're going to review it. So yes, if anybody has not seen The Highwaymen or wants to see it or has seen it, you are able to listen to this right now. We will mm-hmm. try our best not to spoil it. Um, if you are really, really, really prone to spoilers, then don't listen because we don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. Um,
1: to run the risk of, if you have not seen it and... If you care in any way. So the Highwaymen, let's just give a preface, sure. is basically about two um Texas, cops, Rangers. T- Texas Rangers who were hunting Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. If this sounds in any way interesting to you and you don't want to risk hearing a spoiler, stop right now. Either watch it or skip ahead and tell your rest. Go watch it now. Else. It's a two
0: hour movie. Pause this podcast. Go watch it right now and then replay resume this podcast you right after you guys have
1: nothing else to do so no, why not we
0: know you don't you're bored <laughs> at your home alone watch the highwayman um i'm gonna begin the review by saying it is probably in my top five favorite movies you
1: were almost immediately you were like i'm really vibing this I and then i think it. about three quarters of the way through you're like yep this is on the list
0: felt it right away and i was like yep this is gonna be a good movie um and i had high hopes for it and it blew away my expectations which is awesome yeah um, i've heard my mom said it was good but she didn't give me any more than that so i was like okay that works for me yeah um but i loved it and uh, what did you think
1: i so knowing that it was also uh, <laughs> so woody harrelson and kevin costner play the texas rangers in this movie first of all my dad um, made me feel really bad about forgetting Kevin yes, Costner's name. Yes, I remember name. that.
0: I remember that. <laughs> well, he should have got mad at me for completely butchering it in the whole the whole time. So. I think he
1: was just more so disappointed in the fact that I did you not did remember the is, man yeah. who did many of uh, very good sports movies.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: but anyways, uh, knowing it was the two of them in it, like I was already bought in. I was like, at least their performances. If the rest of the movies got awful, at least I'm going to enjoy them to right. some degree, right? Um, but honestly, I really enjoyed it. I think it was really well filmed. Yep. Um, one thing I will say too is with stories like these, especially like semi biopic stories, sometimes the pacing's a hard thing to get right. Yeah. Quite frankly, I think it was paced very well because of the premise that they set up. Yeah. Is this is a time and era where they don't have the immediacy that we're used to seeing yes. with investigations now? Yes. And these guys are on a countrywide state by state trailing after
0: what yeah these
1: these criminals so they are driving down highways for miles and miles and, and miles and you think that like that's and the you movie. feel it
0: you're like oh it's just gonna be you know record like the video is gonna be you know it's just gonna be them in the car talking or do no it they they really hit home with yeah. the the pacing of it because it starts pretty quick but Right away, you get the feel of, oh, shit, this is pretty serious. Yeah. Two, okay, this is very old times. This is very interesting times. Like, you know, we had all that stuff going on. And then three, you're like, okay, this is, and I'm bad for pacing for movies. Like, I need it to be pretty fast or I'm, like, going to bore myself out. Yeah. Um, But they just really killed it because, like, within the first, what, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you're like... Yeah, that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: that's, that's the thing. I was kind of worried about a movie, movie like this, kind of uh, um, kind of assuming how it would go. I was worried that you were going to lose interest very quickly. You were gonna right. Fade. But I think they did some really smart stuff. Is They opened on a bunch of action to set the um, danger and the stakes of the film. They introduced us to the the chaotic massacre that was Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did appreciate is you didn't really see their faces a whole lot and until the, the last like quarter of the movie, yep. which I found it, which I didn't catch on to right away. And then all of a sudden, I was like, they're being filmed. You're like, with who, their who's faces. the actor
0: and actress for They're that. being yeah. filmed
1: at a distance. So you're not really, and that's you kind of
0: basically because because in that in that room, I think you get to be the the prote- the protagonist. Like, you get even, to be the main character because they don't know what they look like either. So you are in that hand, the same hand.
1: That is a very interesting takeaway to it. I also kind of thought of it in the sense of um, is you don't really... Like for the people Hunting them And for the people Who were taken up By the fact that They were so infamous And, and they were a sensation That swept the nation uh-huh. No one really knew Much about them Right Except for the officers Who investigated a little bit Of their like backstory But you didn't really Like know them You didn't see them They were They kind of whistle They were as quick As a rumor Flying through a town Right They just came and went And no one really Got a good grasp on them So you don't really see them You don't see their Interactions with each other The only time we see them On television 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 or sorry not on television but like on the screen is if they are committing one of their crimes Mm -hmm. or i think one of the times was um they had the run-in with um costner's and harrelson's characters right otherwise we don't see them it's all about these two rangers and 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 the government officials behind them that sort of thing yeah
0: and then you get a little bit because one of the people that one of the i guess officers that knows them both knows what they look like and describes what they look like and that's kind of the only description you get but in every other scene that they're kind of there it's either like you said they committed the crime so you but it's you get you get like a bird's eye view of like the situation that happened or close and then a close-up but it's always the back of their heads the side of their heads yeah. um the tint of the car in the darkness of the night and it's like really eerie that like you're like who are these people like yeah. why are they so yeah infamous
1: one scene i really really enjoyed oh god where were i can't remember where they were in the country but it was they had shot down some cops outside of like on the road beside a farm and mm. it's you see that action from far away and you actually see the farmer come up hear it go off, he drops the, like hear the, the shooting buck- go off, milk. he drops the buckets of milk and you just see him reacting and watching it from far away. Well, but and, and it kind basically- of puts you in a situation of kind of like, seeing how there was extreme violence and it's gone and everyone's just spectating on this situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you don't really have a sense of like what Bonnie and Clyde's motivations are. Right. You're just seeing their crimes in front of you. I thought it was really well shot. They were off in the distance in the fork, like in the background and the foreground was the people who are witnessing their crimes or experiencing it. So there's a few other scenes where, you know, you were closer to and got more of the um, visual on and visually, you were closer to the cops who were getting shot by right, Bonnie and Clyde. Right. And I it was so, so, so clever. But, like,
0: yeah, same with that one scene, though, when you're watching it from afar, you're basically watching it as if you're the farmer who's like, oh, shit, like, that's, like, happening down the street. Yeah. You know, and that's what the best part about it is when you yeah. get to watch stuff happen in, like, the POV of one of the characters is, is great. Like, one of my favorite scenes was literally that same um I guess the the same crime, yeah. uh, but they're at the crime scene of that. Um, so, um, Galt oh, yes. and uh, and Hamer, which are the characters in the in the movie, yes. they are uh, inspecting this crime scene, and then it's all these officers from was it T- is Texas um, outside whatever they were like investigating. They had this crime scene. They had all their 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 gear there. They were like you know. All these inspections. Well, there was, like, federal agents. Yeah, federal agents, and they were inspecting the crime scene, like, very thoroughly, and then these two guys just, like, fucking came in. They just, like, started kicking rocks and started picking mm-hmm. stuff up and was like, no no jurisdiction for that at all they were just like i'm here to you know whatever and then they basically solved it like hamer is a very talented man and very smart individual and he's like that yeah, look at this right here like she dragged her foot this and that and i was like yeah how do you know well what it's i crazy. found was
1: what what i about that actually now that you bring that up is i what i found interesting was you know from the start of this movie there were um the some of the, like the federal agents and the governor involved were like why are we gonna you know, why are we gonna hire cowboys to yeah. hunt these guys down and you saw these two rangers as Older guys, past their prime, you know, they, they come from a time of more vigilante police work and they were hunting people yeah, down literally. rather than investigating a crime. Right. And then you have these slick, sleek, young federal boys yeah. who are using evidence and preserving a crime scene yeah. and all that kind of Training. stuff. yeah. And doing it together. And it was kind of like, oh no, like sometimes rather than looking at the hard science, you know. Yeah you know it's 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 the the natural tracking instincts of a of a lawman yeah. and oh, i was kind of worried that they were going to almost glorify this like vigilante cowboy cop situation that they do in a lot of movies and one scene that told me was when they were in quote unquote interrogating one guy and hammer beat him up against the car and mm, i was like oh crap Hamer. hammer Hamer beat him up against the car, and I was like, Oh crap, this is what they're gonna do. Right. Which is fine, but I find sometimes in older movies older cops like or um can be portrayed as doing that rather than you know, a lot of them were investigative, sensible people who wanted to do right like wanted to do right from wrong yeah. do law and order. But anyways, uh um, basically what I was what I'm trying to say for that though is what I did appreciate was kind of the evolution of understanding these guys as time went along. Yes. And really kind of showing the impact of what they had been, um, um, what
0: they're good at.
1: Well, not even what they're good at, but well, yeah, what, of what they're good at. But then also like what they had been like originally when they were younger hired to do what right. they became infamous as lawmen yeah. for really weighed them, weighed on them and weighed them down in life. Yeah. And I found it was an interesting cr- contrast of towards the end you know yeah they you know they knew they needed to like end things in a shootout and that you know Bonnie and Clyde were gonna have to die and all that kind of yeah. stuff and it wasn't so much it was for the I noticed is that everybody was like starstruck and crazy and mob scene at the end of the movie whereas all of these guys who were there to do that shooting at the end of the movie um spoiler alert <laughs> obviously know they died but Um, but these cops, they, it was a sense of like, um, of mournful relief if that makes any sense like they didn't want it to happen that way but they knew it needed to. no no no
0: no they they wanted it to happen that way they knew it had to happen but what they didn't like was that they were digging up a grave that they thought they buried they were texas rangers and they were like and that's what i was gonna say from the very beginning of the movie you get this whole sense of both uh, both of them when they're both introduced they're old as fuck their their time has passed and they like you get this sense of okay are they gonna be able to pull this off? And they know that they can, but yeah. like, and like are they you think they should, but they're like, are they going to? You get Hamer tries to fucking shoot these bottles out of the air, he keeps fucking up. Okay, he's he's getting old. You know, he even mm-hmm. says it himself. You get Galt, who's literally walking, like Woody Harrelson's character, great. Like, so old and berto walking up these steps, like he could barely walk. But what you get is how amazing they are is Galt literally runs into town after Hamer like so Hamer's parked outside of his house and Galt is you know he's just he's there Woody Harrelson's character he doesn't see the car doesn't know anything Hamer was going to go you know get him and get him as his as help and then he just was like no I'm not going to bother so then he goes back to the city Hamer goes back to the city and Galt follows him and that's where you're like, oh, shit, Galt has these like wolf instincts where he knew that that was Hamer and he knew that like mm. he needed help. And it was like that was the best part about it. Yeah. But, you know, at the end, they're like, fuck, we really just did that. Like we thought we were done.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's it's kind of the thing is they thought they had they had moved past that. But I, I for me, I read it as, you know, um, like the the responsibilities, I guess, and consequences of what of what they do um, yeah. weighs on them probably even a little heavier now. And um, they just kind of understand the gravity of what they're doing rather than, you know, in a lot of other cop movies, it gets kind of glorified. They're like, they're the heroes with pistols and they're shooting all the bad men down. Whereas these guys are human and they're saying, yeah, no, this is not... Like we're recognizing that we're ta- like we're taking away lives,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Um. I thought that.
0: But the buildup was what was. Oh, it was, I, it was I
1: like I can't even end the writing. Oh my god, the writing. I think at
0: first they they were like, yeah, we'll give them a fair chance, and then by the end, as you learn alongside them learning that mm. these Bonnie and Clyde are the worst people you could ever imagine. Well, they had
1: turned into that through their crimes, right? right? I, I agree with you.
0: But, like, you learn, like, you didn't really, at the beginning, like, okay, terrible people, obviously, but, like, you learn alongside Galt and Man, Man uh, Hamer, and you're like fuck well I think these guys deserve to die for for whatever reason well not
1: even that they deserve to die, but they're not gonna go out any other way yeah they're not gonna go to jail because they know they're gonna hang for their crimes anyway because it's capital crimes they're committing right so they know that the only way that they're gonna stop these guys is by putting a bullet into them yeah um but it takes a slow you know kind of realization of, yeah, no, because they there's been a few times they were at like crime scenes or trailing behind them. They're saying, yeah, these guys are not in a good headspace anymore. They don't have any kind of resemblance of a of a not dark part of themselves anymore. They are dark people now. Right. Um I think um the the scene with Hamer and Clyde's dad was a really important one to have in yes. there. Cause you learn a little bit, bit more about Hamer as well that kind of informs the stories told about him later on in the movie. yeah, um, And like I was going to say too, the writing is just fantastically just so excellent. Yeah. There's callbacks done in a really natural way, in a poignant way. Um, the way characters interact with each other, to me felt really, there was a lot of subtext involved. Um, but you weren't ever like wondering what it could mean like you knew what it meant with them not having right. it was a sh- it was a show not tell with words which is mm-hmm. really odd because usually mm-hmm. when you talk about like show not tell in movies you're showing with visuals rather than telling with dialogue but like the dialogue itself showed more yeah. than what they were saying yep. which was really awesome
0: because alongside all that you watched a bond between and Hamer form that wasn't all there at the beginning but then every yeah. character that you needed, in this movie, was placed and uh, introduced at the right time yeah. uh, for for both Galt and Hamer, and you you like you feel a sense of passion for Galt because of these little scenes where like you know he loves his daughter and he loves his like his life and his and his where he's at, but like he's had a shitty past. Then you get the point where they're at um, I think they're in Oklahoma, mm. and he you know he talks to these people like these these people there's this group of people that stop the car, and Galt gets out and like tries to like you know, confront them and like oh, you know yeah, befriend yeah. befriend them. And then he was like, Hey, can I get some water from you guys? And then he sits down and talks to this girl. And this girl helps them lead to the next clue. Yeah. And you get this sense of like personality that you know Hamer doesn't have. Hamer is like this, you know, downhart like dude, guy from that time period. He's like, I'm a man's man. I shoot things and blah blah blah. Well so then it's, that's
1: where I say too that because I think it's after that we get the scene with um um, Hamer and Clyde Barrow's father. right? And he tells that story about when he was 16 right. and he right. wanted to go to seminary. He wanted to be a preacher. Right. But, you know... His boss found out that he was good with a pistol, and it kind of just led him. And he was like, "From 16, I've been down a different path when I exactly. wanted to be doing something Which is something where you
0: different. get you get all that love and respect for Hamer as well. Yeah,
1: and and if anything, you kind of appreciate the fact that like, despite his darker beginnings that probably hardened him a little bit to the world, and then explains, um, Galt's story right before they get Bonnie and Clyde about the two of them with the shootout yep. with that with that like criminal group you think bandits. oh like his uh the bandits um you kind of think the way he's describing it i'm like that sounds like a really harsh thing for him hamer to yeah. say but knowing the conversation he had with clyde's dad it kind of almost makes more sense and then seeing how all of these actions are weighing on him now yeah again it makes more sense and if anything you kind of appreciate the fact that he was able to find someone yeah his wonderful wife who's very well played as well yeah um and be able to kind of have some sort of peacefulness in his life that he didn't get to have Mm -hmm. because of what happened to him when he was 16.
0: Right. I think, I think Hamer, once that story was told about the bandits and that, and all that, I was like, Oh shit. Hamer's been through a lot. Like, and that was like, cause that was a brief brief story. But I also, I I think even near the very beginning of the movie, I knew what a respectful man Hamer was. And I fell in love with him because his wife got home uh, with her new car she had groceries yeah. and he immediately went to the door and grabbed the two bags of groceries and she grabbed another one because he only has two hands. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, so he's doing his manly part of carrying the heavy groceries or whatever. I'm like, right. okay, respectful. You know, that's because that's the time period.
1: See what, and if anything, what kind of gave me more example now that you're bringing that up, um, what kind of spoke to that more so for me was what I found really interesting is in that scene earlier in that scene, um, we have... This um, guy, Lee Simmons, who's implied to be like higher up in the in the lawman food right, chain, right, working closely with the governor, uh, played by Kathy Bates very well. Um, but basically, Lee goes nah. to um, to Hamer and he said he basically asks him to hunt down Bonnie and Clyde to come out of retirement right. Hunt down Bonnie and Clyde. And we kind of see the fact that he, part of him would really want to go and do this. He feels obligated. He kept
0: asking questions. He was like, what's the pay? What's this? So what's that? He's like, ah, I'm, I kind of have to do this. Well, that's what he said.
1: Well, well, no, because what he said, he's like, he's asking questions and seeming intriguing. He goes, yeah, no, I can't do it. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, I made a promise. And as soon as he says that his wife drives in the driveway and nothing else is said more between Lee and Hamer. It's, um, hamer's wife talking to Lee, mm-hmm. and then the only other thing Hamer says is that oh, is he's lit- here to ask me to to, to kill. To-
0: he literally says he wants me to kill Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Yeah, and then she just kind of like, um looks and then at she Lee. looks at Lee, and then Lee she goes, knows. "I best be on heading out." She's like, "Yeah, you should probably leave." Yeah, yeah, And then like they don't really say anything to each other about that situation. I don't know. Like, There's no
0: scene about Hamer and, his- Hamer and his wife talking about no what he asked what what There's Lee said.
1: No specific scene that it has them sitting down talking together discussing there's literally that scene and then later on i guess she's having some sort of event and she goes inside all the house to have a conversation with him or whatever
0: just all females though just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. some up. sort
1: of like organization she must right. be part of whatever um and she goes in to get something from the house and she's talking to him and it literally i guess she, uh, he was hiding a newspaper from her that mm-hmm. talked more about like something else from Bonnie and Clyde's like spree how many people they had killed or something and she, like, they have a conversation back and forth. And then out of nowhere, she goes, I guess she in some way gives permission. And then she goes, like, I left some sandwiches in the icebox for no, well,
0: you. No, the first thing I think she says is, I guess you're going to take my Ford, too.
1: Oh, no, she's, yeah. And then she, Cause she
0: was like, because like, they didn't even need- talk. They had this, like, like I said, back and forth conversation. And then she goes, so you're probably going to take my Ford, too. Or you're probably going to take my Ford, aren't you? So that implies that she knows that he needs to slash wants to go, go do this her, and, yeah. and kill Bonnie and Clyde. And then, yeah, she says, yeah, I left some sandwiches in the icebox.
1: And then she, like, leaves the house.
0: And and I laugh because that at that point I was like, oh, my God, that's cute because you never got a scene about them talking about this whole thing. But then you get one. He knows that he has to do it. To, she, she knows, knows that, that he has, has to, to do it, it, and she makes some sandwiches knowing that that's going to happen. Before they have that before conversation. They, before they even just talk about it. They never did before. So, you know, like, okay, respectful wife, re- wife, respectful husband, and it's just beautiful. They and just then, understand each other yeah. on a
1: different level, and I find it really heartwarming because, you know, I, I have a feeling that he needed that kind of um, support and personality He just needed the,
0: the A-OK. That he needed that, like...
1: No, I mean, like, their relationship and not, like, permission for him to go oh, do this. I see. But just him as, like, a human finding somebody to understand him in that sense. And, for sure. And, um, and, you know, make him feel known and understood and supported, I think, was a really important for someone coming from the sort of background that he definitely,
0: did. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, very, very cute scenes. And I think she comes back out after he walks through the door and she was like, If you're going to put miles on it, make sure you change the oil and something. Yeah. And that's like kind of the I love you in their relationship. It is. It truly is. is. That's the I love you. It's really sweet. Um, But you get that bond. And that's where you, you know, initially discover that Hammers is really nice man who's like kind of been through a lot and he's, he's this like, caring man yeah. and
1: that's the thing too is we get introduced to him and obviously they're talking about getting him on it because he's a really good texas ranger he's known as one mm-hmm. and then we beat him and he seems like this really like quiet steadfast kind man and then as it goes on you find out more about him and why he's so notorious and you're like oh god damn yeah. and by the end of the movie you're like this poor man needs to just go back home because he he's done it he's done yeah he he doesn't need to do it anymore mm-hmm. he doesn't that, feel obligated done, done. yeah like he is gonna go live out the rest yeah. of his days
0: i I wish there was more of his like I think and I think that would just be stupid but more of his like Texas Ranger, I can shoot you from any distance at any angle. Type wanted shit, like just like you know. I
1: feel like for the time that we see him, it wasn't necessary, it wasn't necessary because you're only there to kill Bonnie and Clyde. The bottle shooting scene kind of gave us an idea. And with the fact of how like weapons had kind of advanced through time, by the time that you know it's 1934, they're hunting them down, Mm -hmm. they've got like automatic weapons, they don't really need to worry about a certain level of accuracy, yeah. Um. But uh, I, I will say, um, I, I, again, I was engaged in the movie the whole time. I loved whole it. Time. Really well. Good pacing, good good shots. Like some of the visuals in this movie were beautiful costumes, everything. Costumes, yeah. like beautiful. all that jazz. But um, I think that final scene of the car being brought through oh the town of Louisiana, I, I almost needed to turn it off. It hit me so hard.
0: Dude, so yeah, for anybody. So after uh, Bonnie and Clyde die. They, they. So the car is, they just literally stopped him in, the, in their car. They came out of the bushes and they just fired at this car for probably like a whole minute straight. Mm-hmm. Just bull holes for days. And the end scene is that same car being towed through the town with Bonnie and Clyde dead with bull holes in them in the car
1: because in the in the row that they pull them on it's the middle of nowhere so they need to obviously it's from that i imagine they need to bring them back to some sort of like corner office situation but they literally they have no protective shielding on it nothing. nothing you see a handful maybe like three or four cops trying to keep people away but it's a mob scene and these people are like banging on the car reaching reaching hands and there's one scene where like you can it keeps flashing from each side of the car the people are reaching in and like pulling at bonnie and clyde
0: right they're dead bodies and these bodies are like shaking and like turning and twisting and and like you're like like, what the
1: heck what is going on it's utter bananas and and it slowly like they do they do those scenes and it's cut with literally just galt and hamer watching through a window yeah at what must be some sort of like police station or whatever yeah and i was just like i holy shit yeah, they're just and they're, they're looking out and they're like they're like like you can see the look on their face they're like goddamn
0: yeah they're, well to me what it looked like was like like holy shit we did it like smugly but also like holy crap we did it like this is what we're like this is what that people wanted but like didn't want because was weird because the whole like this parade if you want to call it that was like some people looked like upset that they were dead some people were like oh my god they're finally dead like i don't know what to make well, of that that's,
1: well that's what's to imply like earlier um in the movie um when so Galton Hamer kind of anticipated <laughs> town that they might stop in because mm-hmm. um bonnie needs like medication cause she's got a like a messed up leg she's right, in a lot of pain right And so they anticipate a town that they might be in. They're about to leave the town because they don't see any sign of them. Galt goes off to take a piss behind a building, and he sees them pull into a. He sees Bonnie and Clyde pull up into a like a lot behind a building, so that their other buddy that's with them can go in and buy some laudanum for Bonnie. And basically, they go into a chase, but in before. um, uh, Galt and Hamer can get anywhere near them. There's a mob of people asking for autographs yeah. Yeah. wanting to talk to them, reaching out to touch them. They're so excited to see them because on one hand, they're infamous. They're, they're, they're sexy. They're yeah. rebellious. They're, yeah. they're Young all the rage like, to people. Yeah, it's right. So weird. And then obviously, you know, it's, it's implied with a few other scenes as well Is Bonnie and Clyde stole from banks and like we're seen as kind of like heroes of poverty because again think about it too like 30s depression era people are low on money low on resources right the banks are holding on to it because they you know the whole market crashed mm-hmm. um so they're seeing as kind of like oh they're just taking what they need to get and blah 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 and um so i just think that um and the fact that like you know, they would still pass through town and Clyde would, like, deliver gifts to his mom, that sort yeah. of thing, right? And they almost catch them a few times doing that sort of thing as well. So I, I, I think um, with all that in mind, um, they kind of became, like, heroes. Uh, like,
0: like celebrities, celebrity. really. They, like, honestly, they, they did. And, and this it is was... what I
1: told you when they were, like, and You're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, think about it, though, is this kind of thing didn't really happen. So they were, you know, when you think infamous, that's one of the examples because... There was nothing like them ever before. Yeah. Same reason why fucking Ted Bundy was such like a sensation because right. the whole idea of serial killers to the and especially to the point of somebody who could blend into regular life like right. um, the
0: the thing with serial killers was like you're a sketchy, creepy, weird, uh, mysterious guy who nobody like. Nobody wants to give you the time of day yeah. because you're this weirdo. But with Ted Bundy, it was like Ted
1: Bundy, fucking Gary Ridgway, BTK killer. He was a father who lived in the suburbs. Right. No one had any idea. Uh-huh. So it's one. And it's when you think of you know infa- infamous, notorious people, those are examples. And that's why Bonnie and Clyde were the same thing. Yep. They were young people who went on a crime spree and the cops could not track them down And, and, and no matter people, how hard they tried nobody
0: knew what they looked like really like outside well, of well they the did eventually because yeah eventually you do but you don't really get that and um you get like their younger pictures but it was it was really crazy and I, it, that was like the weirdest part i think but um yeah no just really solid movie
1: solid movie I as would you guys give it, can uh, 100%, tell 100
0: <laughs> 10 out of 10 definitely gonna watch yeah later later on in my life 100 yeah. percent. it's one of my one of my favorite yeah but anyway we are going to continue the segments and the and the fun conversation today and get on to the top 10 top
1: 10 top 10
0: part one uh this is a fun one like you said it took us a while it took us a little bit of back and forth to well figure i
1: had out the so topic. you had tasked me with picking the top 10 for this episode yes and I had come up with a couple ideas, mm-hmm. and we went back and forth. We
0: brainstormed a little bit, and we, we came up with something. Now, we came up
1: with something super fun, I think.
0: The hardest part, I think, was um, me just like figuring out what the fuck, like just well like, trying
1: to understand how the fuck to pick what you needed to pick.
0: Exactly, I was, I was kind of like, okay, does this is this included? Is this included? And then we were kind of like, okay, yeah. Now we had a few back an and forth on that. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird, but. I think we have solid lists now. Um, sorry, I'm just... Yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, we have solid lists. I think... Do we want to do like our HR 10 and then HR 9 and do it like together and then we get to number one? I think that'd be better.
1: I, th- I like that idea, actually.
0: Okay, so I'm going to let you... Start then me yes because why not so okay well yeah, I
1: what I had done to kind of jog my memory of a few um stories and, and and beings so our top ten actually I should say is we decided on mythical beings
0: yes yes thank you um
1: so creatures or figures um from any sort of like mythical Characters story well, or fantasy story that's
0: more of the like, that's yeah, what
1: I mean by like figures yeah
0: mythical um, um beings basically um just so you get your like you know Greek mythology, Norse mythology, um, and you know all, everything in between. Really, folk tales, folk tales fantasy, fa- novels, like fairy tales. Whole bunch of stuff. You know, all your Harry Potter nerdy shit. Like that realm of things is all mythical yeah. and, and, and mythology and stuff. So yeah, yeah, we are gonna jump into that. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. So start with number number ten.
1: Yes. Um. So yeah, like I was saying, just a preface. I had looked up a bunch of stuff to jog my memory, and I definitely narrowed down to some that I had seen different versions of, or just in my own um, research, heard lots about. Um, So, and I I kind of have like a little bit of a reasoning why. um, Okay. Behind each one. Mm -hmm. So my number 10 was Arachne. Arachne. So she's from Greek mythology. Okay. um, Slash Roman. Right. Depending on how it's told, who's telling it. (laughs) Um, But basically, so she was a very talented weaver.
0: Weaver. Like of tapestries okay weave sure weave. Okay. weaving yeah, yeah. like yeah, with yeah. a loom okay yeah no i got you You know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah
1: okay um anyway so she was very talented she had started when she was young and she had boasted that she had gotten so good that she boasted one day um that she you know that her skills would um surpass those of athena okay the greek goddess right um She's a Greek goddess of, like, handicraft, warfare, that sort of thing, uh-huh. wisdom. So handicraft being any sort of, like, making of things. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of people were like, no, 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 don't say that. Because, like, you know, the goddess would have blessed you with stuff like that, with, like, talents like that. So you shouldn't be saying shit like that. But she said it anyway. And she had put out a challenge to Athena, who turned out to have come down from Olympus and visited and and actually taken part in a challenge. So she challenged Athena. To weaving contest she'd woven a tapestry that mocked the gods Mm. and when athena examined it she could find no flaws and that enraged her so much that she tore apart arachne's tapestry and she hit her in the head with (laughs) with a shuttle (laughs) three times and out of embarrassment and upset and shame um arachne hung herself and um as she died athena turned her into a spider right hence arachne arachnid so it comes from that story right um so she turned it into a spider for her to forever be weaving um from then on and i just thought this was always a really interesting kind of story that cautioned um you know everyday people Mm -hmm. to You know, it's kind of the same idea of how the Bible tells you not to like worship false idols or or to take too much pride in your, you know, pride is one of the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought it's really interesting to kind of see that reflected in Greek mythology and kind of have her, Arachne be the the cautionary tale of kind of thinking, you know, you know, amping up your superiority and kind of the dangers of thinking that you can equal yourself to the gods. For sure,
0: to a god. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really cool story. Thank you for giving us the background of that one. I like that a lot. I can't was, tell
1: if you're being sarcastic. No, I'm dead ass, I'm dead oh, Okay. Ass.
0: No, that was really really interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. The fact that she had to challenge Athena um, to prove herself was was you know well not story. even that she
1: she boasted that like she could do better yeah, than yeah. Athena. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. Um. So my number ten is kind of shittier. Um. Which is but it's also normal. Uh. My number ten mythical being is uh, centaurs because cent- centaurs are just dope um, they are dope they are actually one of the strongest mythical beings um in terms of like a creature that was you know developed not like a character but a creature yeah so, like, you know like you know there's only one thor but there's many centaurs mm. so they're actually the strongest um fighters as well as just like because they're fast as fuck boy and like you know what i mean so they're pretty dope. Yeah. um for anybody doesn't know what a centaurs is it's a half man half horse um Top half of man, bottom half of horse. I was going to say which half is which. uh, So um, the head and arms and torso were human, uh, joined to the waist of the body and legs of a horse. Um, These creatures represented barbarianism barbarism and unbridled chaos and were frequently represented in greek architectural sculpture and pottery decoration they were so greek greek mythology mostly but um they're dope so they are dope Dope throw it it in in the number 10 all right um quick and easy but uh so number nine yeah
1: um my number nine was anubis oh sorry um so anubis is the jackal-headed egyptian god of The underworld. So for those of you who don't know a lot, um, a lot of the Egyptian pantheon of gods and deities, they all had animal representations. Mm -hmm. And um, Anubis was generally depicted as having the head of a jackal or a wild dog.
0: Oh, interesting. Oh, I think it did look like that one. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he... um, He's one of, actually, which I didn't know, he is actually one of the oldest gods in Egypt. Oh. Um, As, you know, the mythology and and, and lore behind, you know, the whole belief system, pantheon of gods in Egypt developed, um, he had had um, origins past Osiris, which was seen as, like, the main father of all the gods in Egyptian lore. Mm Mm-hmm and um but eventually he got wrapped up into that legend mm-hmm. um but yeah before that he was the oldest one he his credit is credited as inventing mummification um and kind of looked over the afterlife and he was the patron god of lost souls and the helpless interesting um he was invoked to enforce um either curses upon other people or to defend people from curses so it's kind of one of those um he is kind of neutral in the sense of helping people pass on into the afterlife and ruling over them after the afterlife. Mm -hmm. But he could also be seen as someone a little bit more, um, as like a, um, like a negative situation, which I find really interesting because in a lot of popular media, media, Anubis can tend to be used as, um, a kind of evil deity Mm -hmm. where I find that in a lot of the traditional stories, it's not really one way or the other. It's kind of a neutral. Right. Um, he was invoked to protect the dead. Um. There was a little bit of like backstory behind the reason why he had a um, jackal head was to kind of invoke the idea of the fear of Egyptian people of wild dogs and jackals digging up buried like loved ones and like kings and pharaohs and everything. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, by having a... Um, a god to protect the dead that had the head of like a, a wild canine that would deter them from doing that
0: right so yeah, yeah. cool you are getting like so much background story I'm sorry. and i will get there but mine are just like because you said mythical creatures and then i started talking about like mythical figures and you're like yeah that works so then i kind of just went with mythical creatures most of them
1: and see you kind of almost sparked a well that kind of you know it works hand in hand together right. so i think that's why i have a few so figures I'm just on my gonna list jump
0: and make number nine for mine really easy there is no background story because it doesn't need one okay. uh dragons just sick yeah (laughs) dub dub Dub, Uh, dub. mostly the dragons from harry potter and goblet of fire because they were cool Um, yes oh
1: 110 percent. what i like about harry potter is that there are so many different species like there would be in like dogs um but i will say why i chose anubis was um i've always just found that whole aspect of any sort of um of um cult- cultural or religious folklore mm-hmm. super super interesting mm-hmm. um so yeah
0: cool yeah no i uh why,
1: why'd you other than just them being dope is there any other reason why you like dragons
0: um mainly because because they're dope um but no i i don't know because they, they they sh- appear in like the most random movies um and they really don't like when you think about them for a sec you're like Holy crap! They're really cool, um, yeah. and they also represent themselves in the medial, medieval times. And I love medieval times, so I liked how like that kind of goes hand in hand. But dope. Um, in terms of I don't know, I know there's like there one movie that I really can't think of right now that had cool ass dragons, but I like like I don't know, like they dove from the sky and like I'm gonna. try Well, to I think find of the anytime movie.
1: something has um. Uh, magic of any kind right. i find that dragons are always there it yeah it's kind of synonymous i have to find this
0: one movie because like i'm thinking about this one movie that i saw a long time ago and it was like dragons that were like fighting with each other but it was like they're i don't know i gotta find it but like that's why i love dragons it was weird
1: oh i, I don't know i don't There's think been it was avatar that sounds no 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 maybe. definitely not no i think but anyways, i don't know
0: okay number eight
1: number eight um valkyrie valkyries yes
0: valkyrie from oot, norse oot, mythology oot, oot, oot.
1: Um, so they, um, basically the main function of Valkyries in uh, Norse mythology is to choose the heroes, um, of those dying on the battlefield mm-hmm. to go on to Valhalla mm-hmm. and to prepare for Ragnarok and to fight on behalf of Odin, Hell yeah. um, to, to, you Preach. know, to fight against Ragnarok, Preach. um, Basically, they would, like, provide mead for all of the heroes in Valhalla. Um, They would also be, um, they would appear in any sort of, like, fiction, um, or not fiction, I guess you should say, um, like, stories as lovers of heroes or other mortals. Um, They were daughters of royalty that then went on to do this. Right on. Um, And they were also um, in, like, stories connected with other supernatural, like, figures of fate, Mm -hmm. um, which I found really interesting. Cool. I think I really love them because of that whole idea is that they're they're a part of an elevated um, battalion you know they're preparing these soldiers they're helping to prepare right. these soldiers for the final battle um, I cool. love the whole mythology behind Ragnarok itself so that whole part really is fun for me plus any instance that I see of Valkyries they are badass they
0: are they warrior
1: women and I love it
0: yeah in, uh, in one video game I played uh, they kept my ass uh so yeah there's because you have to fight two of them and then like one really strong one uh yeah
1: there is so in a little tv show called charmed about three sister witches that um if you guys didn't watch any sort of like media pertaining that sort of stuff in like the late 90s early 2000s you wouldn't know what i'm talking about hopefully some of you do i know my mother does um but in later seasons there was actually a time that they go and, like, basically transport themselves into Valhalla. <laughs> and and I know my hand gestures are being very animated right now. But they transport themselves, in, transport themselves into Valhalla. And, you know, they deal with Valkyries, which is sick as fuck. Cool. I loved it. Cool. And then, of course, you know, one of my favorite Valkyries of all time, Tessa Thompson, in yeah. the Thor movies.
0: Yes, absolutely. Cool, cool. Okay. My number eight. Uh, again, super simple. Uh, Bigfoot. Kind of, Sick. Just, yeah. Sick. I don't know Bigfoot and the uh, in the whole realm of Bigfoot, and you know, um, is he real? Is he fake? Whatever. Um, I like it's crazy to me that you have so much, like you have so many. I guess ev- the, there's lots of evidence supporting it, but then nothing about getting him. And I just like I find it very fascinating. But he's also yeah. just like he is a mythical creature because you know yeah. w- of what he is. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why like I want to do a, de- uh, a rabbit hole episode on him because. 100%. It's just really, really fascinating 100%. to me. Stuff like that I, I find the
1: phenomenon of like all of that to be super interesting. Actually, one of the creatures on my list have a similar situation that not many people know that like people continue to this day, swear that they nasty. have seen this creature before.
0: You got Nessie on your list. I ain't stupid. No, I don't actually. Okay. All righty. Number seven. Number
1: seven. So this comes from European folklore, kind of all over like Britain, Nerd. Scotland, Ireland. Nerd. Um, changelings.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Changelings are fairy children or, or babies, um, left in place of human children that are stolen by fairies because little does everybody know that if it's not a children's movie, fairies in folklore are historically known to be assholes. The heck? Um, to put it mildly, they're usually actually quite nefarious creatures. Um, although in a lot of these stories, the fairies steal the children, And they raise the children and the children are very happy, but the fairy children left in their place are wearisome and they become very upset and bored. Interesting. Um, But basically a lot of um, the kind of analysis behind these stories um, go into, and this is why I like it so much, is the fear that people had for their infants and how vulnerable their infants are. And I just find it like, and wouldn't it be hella creepy if like you went into your kid's room one day and it was your kid, but it wasn't really your kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. It sure. was like a simulation of what your kid is. You know, like
0: when your kid turns like a teenage t- turns into a teenager, where they're like, what the, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but like actually, though. But yeah. Cool. Interesting. Um, I like that one. That was a. I like your. Uh, is it Irish folklore?
1: Um, like um European, mostly like okay. English, like British okay. adjacent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You kind of jumped off the, the Norse mythology there, which is good. Yeah. Um, I was okay. jumping all over the place. So my number seven, um, which everybody, I, most people know, Heimdall. Everybody knows he- heimdall you know
1: such a good one yeah see
0: yeah gotcha Fucking heimdall uh, rocks so heimdall is a fictional character appearing in uh comic books mostly but the character is based on uh north the north in, in Norse mythology uh he is described as an all-seeing and all-hearing and is the sole protector of the bifrost in asgard he, he is, is sick dope. as fuck dude so if you guys haven't watched i mostly know his background story from uh, or just you know his persona in the thor movies um Still works. he's very you know he's he portrays an amazing amazing hero amazing character and he is just so fucking dope like just i can't i'm just gonna describe every single one from here on out as dope because i'm we're on number seven so i'm gonna keep going down yeah um Really cool story behind him, um, and you know the actor that played him is incredible. Um, and that's and that's kind of my number seven. I don't really have as many background knowledge stories. No, no, it's fine. Do, I just
1: know some of mine are going to come out of nowhere, and people need the context for mine.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, but um,
1: Heimdall's such a good one. Oh my yeah, god, I'm so mad.
0: Watch, he's the Watchman of the Gods, basically, because yes, you know is. he yeah. So um, basically, basically that's it. Yeah.
1: Okay, love that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number six is hathor so she is a um i see yes you know i gotta represent she is a egyptian goddess okay she is a sky deity as well as like horus and all that kind of stuff she was actually a consort so basically like a wife-ish um to horus and the sun god ra interesting um she is the symbolic mother of pharaohs um, because she was a sky deity, and all of like the royalty in Egypt were seen as connected to that. Um, her, she was a benefactor of,
0: of okay, sorry, go ahead
1: of music, dance, love, joy, sexuality, and marital care.
0: She's it says I. I'm looking. Hathor is the goddess of fertility. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I well, like it that says lot.
1: maternal care and sexuality. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super dope. Neat. Um, she crossed boundaries between the worlds to be able to help people transition to the afterlife. Um, because she was connected with the Sangara, she was also um, kind of seen as having a vengeful aspect to her personality. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't completely benevol- benevolent. Although a lot of the evidence I saw was she was just kind of you know doing her thing, being awesome. Cool. cool. Um, I find that um, female deities. And don't get enough attention anymore
0: mm-hmm. because
1: in a lot of basically all the monotheistic religions it's all about the dudes
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i find that we can learn a lot from the qualities and tales that are imparted upon the female deities mm-hmm. in different um cultures and religious you know um stuff so i really enjoy learning about them and i really enjoy talking about them
0: for sure absolutely i agree what's I your really- number
1: five number six Oh, you're number six. That's right, because I went first. Ha! Huh.
0: Yeah, number six. Uh, so we're still number six. Uh, so my number six is Krakens or the Kraken. Uh, gotta love Krakens, man. Sick. They are dope. Uh, you see them everywhere in terms of with advertisement. But for anybody who doesn't know, the Kraken is a legendary uh, Keflopod. Exactly. Uh, like sea monster of gigantic size in Scandinavian folklore, according to the North, North sagas, the kraken dwells off the coast of Norway and Greenland and terrorizes nearby sailors. Authors over the years have postulated that the legend may have originated from sightings of giant squids that may grow 13 to 15 meters in length. The sheer size and fearsome appearance attributed to the kraken have made it a common ocean-dwelling monster in various fictional works. Everybody knows what a kraken is. You see it in movies. You see it everywhere. Hell yeah! I think it's sick because it's like the sea creature. It's like the creature of the sea that just like it will never die. You cannot kill it. It's no, like Jaws, but like better. It,
1: but even think about it. Like giant squids are like an actual thing. Yeah, it could just be like mega a, giant, a and we would never know.
0: Giant squid is exactly which is why I love. Dragon yeah. so much sick okay. that's a
1: good one yeah
0: yeah all right number five number
1: five so here's where my list gets like dope dope dope, dope okay dope sweet for me
0: okay I will uh, emphasize time is oh sorry of, of the, the essence. essence okay thank um, you my
1: next one is um, jins or genies um there's different names so it's j i n n or d j Okay. Inn or genie is like the the like the Western term for okay,
0: it. Okay. Cool.
1: Um, they were seen as innate, um, neither innately good or evil. Um, and then they were kind of like in the same realm of like angels and demons in a lot of folklore, but okay. they were like a different species of that. Right. Um, held responsible for misfortune, possession, and diseases, but also seen as supportive and benevolent. Mm-hmm. Um basically like a lot of modern tales that we know kind of show them as it's cautionary tales of like be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. and um although like we do see a lot of instances of like really like cool genies who are like super fun and like do a cool shit for you like in Aladdin um but a lot of like the traditional stories have like they're tricksters and they will twist your words. Like you have to choose your words carefully. Otherwise what you think you wish for is actually going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I find that it's a very kind of, you know, flip of the coin story and warn, it warns you of like temptation and of wanting. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that. Cool. Um, my number five, uh, I'm just going to keep it as quick and simple. Minotaurs. Sick. They're cool. Uh, I like them whenever they appear in movies because they're, uh, you know they're like these beastly dudes they're ripped um, man. They're ripped as hell um my list gets better after this one so i just want to skip over the minotaurs um and we can continue to number okay. four
1: my number four are wendigos
0: what uh, what are these things you come up with you so make these up
1: it's it's like a it's kind of like a weird humanoid creature um they're seen as evil spirits that like take over people and possess people mm-hmm. um so it's from the algonquin folklore so like you know, the First Nation Algonquin. Right. Um, It's a spirit who has possessed a human to become monstrous um, and will influence them to commit murder cannibalism and um, have insatiable greed. I see. Um, Basically, like, a lot of the tales that I've seen is you get possessed by the spirit when you commit and act like cannibalism or something like that. Right. Um, or a monstrous act of some sort and then it just gets worse from there. Mm-hmm. Um, examples used are in like Pet Cemetery or the Until Dawn game series um, was actually a really interesting depiction of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was super cool. I really love the lore behind them and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a medical term called Wendigo psychosis mm. in which people have an intense craving for flesh or they fear become... A, becoming a cannibal that's crazy um, so i find that it just influenced like culture so much that there's actually a medical term for it
0: for sure i like that one a lot mm-hmm. good job your list is just getting better and better okay my number four uh i'm really mainstream uh my number four is zeus Sick. Zeus is a Greek god. Everybody knows Zeus, the god of the sky, lightning, like and the thunder. Ancient Greek religion. That's why I like him because he's the god. He like whenever it comes to also like lightning of things. Like Zeus is my guy. Like love the love the dude. Um. So he's um. I don't know if there too much background, but Zeus is the sixth child of Cronus and Rhea, mm-hmm. king and queen of the Titans. His father Cronus swallowed his children as soon as they were born for fear of prophecy. With which for for told that one of them would overthrow him mm-hmm. oh i didn't know this but yes. was born raya uh hit him in a cave blah, blah 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 okay cool yeah so there's not too much but anyways he's the god of the the sky lightning thunder book law yep. order justice he's he's the god he is yeah. the god which is yeah. kind of cool which is why i like him a lot so yeah. well That's, yeah he's um, the head of the pantheon so yeah, yeah exactly so Cute. yeah good one okay number three
1: just gonna throw it out there phoenix yes
0: that was that was on my list Before Um, they are super
1: awesome they're associated with the sun Uh, they obtain their 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 bird creatures Uh, everyone should know what a phoenix is um they obtain new life by rising from the ashes that their previous incarnation burned into yep um they symbolize rebirth and renewal they're so great and they're used in many instances to kind of, um, show the like strength and perseverance of people. I just find they're a really fantastic symbol and a really, really cool creature.
0: Yeah. I like that one a lot. Phoenixes are dope. Yeah. Uh, I see them a lot in movies, which is why I like them the most. Cause I yeah. think when you get, when you do them right with CGI, they're portrayed beautifully. Sick. Yeah. yeah. They're sick. Um, okay. My number three, you're going to like this one a lot. Uh, Niffler's, um, Everyone knows what they are. Hopefully, I love that. so if anybody's seen the Fantastic Beasts movie, uh, so a cute. Niffler was a magical beast with a long snout and a coat of black fluffy fur. They were attracted to shiny things, which made them wonderful for locating treasure. But that also meant they could wreak havoc if kept or set loose indoors. Uh, Nifflers in general usually harmless. Um, so in the um, with like Harry Potter slash Fantastic Beasts, is there is there is there a word for the world that they live in? like the the wizarding world the wizarding world so yeah so because that's all the same world um that's where they come from nifflers come from um so they're really really cute they're really really fun they Mm -hmm. they're like you know mischievous little fuckers and Mm -hmm. uh i like them a lot um so that's kind of my number that was my number three
1: that's super cute yeah
0: i like that yeah
1: um so my number two um it's kind of like a slash because they are kind of Considered one and the same.
0: I'll be the judge of that.
1: um Sirens slash mermaids.
0: Oh, I knew you were gonna say sirens. I saw them. And I was like, "What are sirens?" And then I looked it up. I was like, "Okay."
1: Yeah, I have always had some sort of like I I love the lore of it. Um, basically, generally speaking, mm-hmm. sirens in you know they get compared with mermaids as well in a lot of the legends. Mm-hmm. Um, they are beautiful women that have the lower body of a fish. Cool. um They were known to sing songs that would mm-hmm. draw. Sailors to their deaths. You're right. Um, against beaches. Um, funnily enough, about um, so they appear in many different countries' folklore. Like there's different versions of mermaids slash sirens. Mm-hmm. Um there are still reported sightings of mermaids today. Like people swear oh, yeah. there's actually like a faux documentary that was on um on Discovery Channel like a few years ago. Oh, cool. Um, that actually like did a mock investigation of like if there was actually mermaids to, to this day.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I like that.
1: um. So yeah, like I said, they would entice, entice sailors to the depths with their songs. They're incredibly beautiful. Um, they were seen as like unlucky omens and seductresses. Right. Um, but some tales actually show them as being benevolent and teaching cures to people and bringing gifts to those living on coasts. Um, so I kind of like that they are, again, it's one of those situations where they could be like a double headed, either a good or a bad, but I just always found it really interesting that, you know, a lot of times we see, um, um, like folklore of like women who are evil. They're super ugly, but yet we Mm -hmm. have these beautiful women who sing them to their deaths.
0: I like that. Cool. That's a good one um okie dokes so number two for me uh, is kratos so i'm going to follow the same story i Ith- it's nor greek mythology um so kratos was the son of zeus and a mortal named callisto uh, kratos was a spartan kid who helped train his brother demos and demos was taken by Ares and athena so there's all these fucking characters of the Greek mythology just, like, you know, talking and hanging out. So yeah. Kratos was once a general in the Spartan armies, and he's well-known for his ruthlessness. If anybody's played the God of War games, he's the protagonist in those games. He is a beast and a half. He has <laughs> the sickest blades. I don't think he has any powers. He's just, like, literally has super strength. Yeah. Um, I would love—I would need to play God of War again, to be honest, because, like, yeah. that game is sick. Um and, and I've yeah, heard he's, good things about that game. He is a he's a great character. They portrayed him really well. Um he's basically just a Spartan. Um, but he fights like crazy. Uh and I love him. So mm-hmm. Kratos.
1: Yeah. Um, so my number one spy. Oh
0: yeah, we got this number we gotta draw for this one. Number one for you. My girl you? Athena. Oh, nice. Okay, sweet.
1: She's the Greek goddess, like I said, of wisdom, handicraft and warfare, which means she's a very smart badass woman, which of course I love her. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will also give a shout out to the Percy Jackson series. It just kind of added a layer of why I really liked her. For sure. Um, she was born, the legend goes, she was born from the head of Zeus. She doesn't actually like Hera is not her mother. She doesn't have a mortal mother. Oh, interesting. she was born of Zeus. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of has to deal with like why she's like wisdom. Cause she was born from his head. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a divine counselor to Odysseus in the legend of the odyssey. Um, She was also known to help many of the other major heroes of the day Like Jason, um, Perseus, uh, Heracles, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously she's not perfect or always benevolent she like all the rest of the gods she's very vain um however she is seen as a level-headed one out of all of them which i love and i literally just wrote under here um, badass nice um, yeah she just i just find circle all it. in all she's a very interesting character within the pantheon mm-hmm. and uh, i quite love her
0: she is quite marvelous i will give you that thank you i like that number one
1: thank you but i'll think yours? you're ready for
0: my number one okay because you're gonna be like fuck my number one because as soon as I thought about it, I was like, fuck, it has to be, is Aslan. Motherfucker. I beat your ass. So, see, done. Okay, Aslan, for anybody who doesn't know, is a he's a major character in the Chronicles of Narnia series, but as described, he's depicted as a talking lion, but his role, his as he's described, he's the king of beasts, the son of the emperor over the seas, and the king above all high kings in Narnia. He's dope. He's cool. He's he,
1: basically Jesus. He's
0: basically the lion Jesus of Narnia. Yeah. He comes whenever he just appears whenever he wants to appear. And he's He's the most selfless,
1: he, he, benevolent
0: loyal, strong, mighty, like just the beastliest character.
1: Love it. Ever. Love it.
0: Um and he's you know, he's depicted um like that in the in the movies and What a beautiful character to, you know, be the number one. You just can't, you know. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I thought that was... I thought I just crushed it with that, to be honest. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Got him. It's okay. Um, Cool. That was a fun one. That was
1: fun. I And you know what? It was fun for me to look up more a little bit more on, like, uh, beings that I had always liked but haven't read a lot about lately or haven't thought about for a while. I'm like, you know what? Damn, they're dope as fuck. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, yeah, no, they there's a lot of characters who are just really dope that I was like, it's hard to choose because mm. I was going to put Phoenix on mine. I was going to put like, you know, I wanted Nessie on mine, but I was like, ah, nah, Bigfoot's cooler and like all these things. So I was like, yeah. what, what can I choose? And, um, you know, I wanted to put um you know like just some of the harry potter characters or creatures and i'm like i just can't i
1: almost put a hippogriff on yeah, there yeah like but...
0: hippogriffs or or even hedwig would be cool like you could yeah. you know these are all characters and beings so i was like there's some cool stuff but i knew uh my my list was pretty sturdy but also i think did, we did
1: some good ones i
0: didn't really do any research i just chose my list but i was reading i did the research as you were talking so I just pulled up a Wikipedia and just read. Yeah, things, honestly, so. that's
1: what I did, too. I would look up Wikipedia or like a, a top rated article to kind of just give like, a, oh, this is about this, this and this. Right. And then that would kind of inform why I chose them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope you did, too. Yeah. Um, if we're going to do lots 10, more from here on out. Yeah. No, if you guys have your own top 10 or top five or number one uh, mythical being. You know, give us a give us yeah. a shout. We'd love to hear your your background and what and why, you know. Absolutely. Um, so ending off this episode. Thank you yes. guys so much for tuning in. We so appreciate let's it. Let's have a drink. Episode 12.
1: Yeah. Um, what I will say is for those of you guys listening um, before this weekend, obviously, like when the episode comes out on Thursday slash yeah. Friday um, at some point this weekend, probably what? Saturday it maybe
0: be Saturday Yeah
1: Saturday um, We are going to be going onto our social media And posting a few Like this or that A or B choices On some topics For a rabbit hole episode Yeah uh, We really want your guys' help And input um, Last time we played Or this and that game We did get a good response Especially on Instagram Yeah So to help us kind of mold the show and pick topics that we know you guys will actually want to hear, um, we are going to narrow down a few options and post it up for you guys to decide. So please keep an eye out for that. And uh, please, please, please participate because it will help a lot. um, Just knowing that, you know, what we're going to talk about isn't just interesting to us, but it's also interesting to you because that's the most important part.
0: And you guys are also more than welcome to give us a shout and uh, just let us know what kind of stuff you'd like for us to rabbit hole in general. Oh, absolutely. Um, If you have ideas, you know, we want to keep it as relatable as possible, which is what Mm -hmm. we find is the hardest thing because Ryan loves her, you know, very niche stories. And I love my very nerdy shit. And I don't know how relatable that could be for the audience that we have. So let us know if there's any... conspiracy theories or you know um mysteries sto- of mystery any kind. stories uh, uh, um you know up uh, left up in the air criminal cases like anything like that that we can deep dive and rabbit hole yeah because um, it'd be a lot of fun
1: or even just like a really interesting topic that you don't hear a lot of people talk about Tell but us about it. We'll do the research.
0: Stuff that even if it's stuff that you just like stopped researching on because you just like got bored or whatever and we'll keep, yeah. you know, we'll dive in because there's so much we can do. Um, and, you know, uh, we would love to do that. And that's what rabbit holes are about. You just, you know, you talk, you research, and you're like, holy crap, I found out way more and it's connected to way more things than it needs to be. So
1: absolutely. That would
0: be, you know, featured in our next episode, I'm sure. Um, but until then,
1: until then, my friends,
0: stay safe, stay home please <laughs> you know it's yes. still it's still in this time um, guys please
1: stay home so i can go back to work next month <laughs> yeah
0: at least at the very latest please yes yeah we all want to be at we all want be to be back at work so um thank you guys for like blah, blah, blah. thank you again guys for listening yes um what, do you have to say anything
1: no just thank you again to everybody um we really appreciate you guys sticking with us and listening and um, we just have so much fun doing this, Not so fun. we want to keep doing this. It's
0: get a little stressful, you know. It's hard. It's, it's it's really hard thinking of stuff to do for the episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's
1: why when we say like we want your guys's input, like we say that for a reason, because it comes to a point where we just get burnt out or we can't narrow it anything, down. Anything,
0: even if you don't think it's gonna be something we're interested in, we'll will use that you. to think yeah. of something else. Exactly. So yo no, keep keep us posted, and uh, and hopefully you guys participate in our uh, this or that game or whatever yeah. we end up playing. So uh thanks again for tuning into episode 12.
1: Peace.